Adams, Adamly, Adamowski, Bueller, Burns, Burns, Burns. with that mic in your hand. It's time for school. Rock school. With your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. Mitch Miller, ring a bell. Mm-hmm. Ring a oh, bell. Yeah. Yeah, Sing along with Mitch. That's, oh, yeah. yeah. That's the, where he started. Was that the bouncing ball also? Exactly that. You, uh-huh. you saw the lyrics and boing, 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 and the yep. ball went around. Class is in. This is the Rock School Radio Show here on the Rock School Radio Network. Happy 2020, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Joe Burns again. You are? I am Tammy Burns. I love it that you're dressed as the New Year's baby. Yeah, you like the diaper? I do, but you should put on a shirt. Well, you know... What can I say? This is our first show of the new year, so we're drinking champagne. Actually, it's not champagne. We can't afford champagne. So we're drinking Miller beer, which is the champagne of beers, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. That's awful. Did you make a New Year's resolution this year? Mm -mm. That's right. You never do. Nope. I try all the time. You know what my New Year's resolution is going to be this year? Oh, do tell. Drink better beer. Oh. I think that's a, that's doable, don't you think? That, that is very doable, yes, indeed. With the large cash reserves uh, that we have. If you have been a sharp-eared viewer of this here radio show slash radio podcast, you know that the first two shows of each year, it was nicknamed by our good friend Beth, who was uh, in your seat for a while. Right. These are called the cocktail shows. These are the shows where we look at... 10 years back from this new year. So 2020, 2010, 2000, 90, 80, 70, 60, and back and back and back. By the way, we've been doing this for nine years. So next year will be the first time where we actually double up. Meaning we'll go to the 21, 22, 23, wow. that kind of thing. So, But this year Slow is all, down, new, mister. all new information. And the reason of it is we want to look back at this year in years of 10. So when you're watching the news this year in March or April or June or September, and somebody says, this is the X whatever anniversary of this event, you can say, I knew that. Why? I listened to the Rock School podcast. We told you first. We did. Let's go back 100 years to the year 1920. In 1920, the prohibition of alcohol was well underway, and a music came out of it called jazz. Mm -hmm. It's difficult to explain to young people today how important jazz was and also how frightening jazz was. Right. So when you look at that 1927 movie, The Jazz Singer, Uh and you think, well, who cares? Jazz, that's what old people listen to in smoky clubs. To say The Jazz Singer in 1927 was to say if we created a movie today called The Black Metal Death Metal (laughs) Singer, 
That's what it was. It scared people to death. That's where the drugs that were. It plays on Sunday. That's where the alcohol was, mm-hmm. and it's hard to get across. The names Duke Ellington and Louis Armstrong come out in 1920, and also in Chicago, obviously, the jazz scene was developing rapidly. And even though it was in Chicago, the type of music that people wanted to get their hands on was a form of jazz where the timing wasn't quite correct. It wasn't that perfect 4-4. The timing was kind of ragged. Mm-hmm. So there was this ragged, weird time music coming out of New Orleans referred to as ragtime. And the first records were starting to make their way to Chicago. And those who recorded were the New Orleans Rhythm Kings. This is the beginning of, and it's, it's again, it's hard to explain that previous to this, there was no such thing as recorded music. If you wanted to hear a song, you had to go hear it mm-hmm. or you had to play it. Right. This idea of being able to play a record and hear a song was shocking in the 1920s. A song was created and lived forever. And you say, forever? Well, at least a hundred years, because we're going to play one. It's the New Orleans Rhythm Kings on Rock School. Bye. 
talking about the cocktail party show or what I normally call the anniversary show. We're going back 10 years again and again and again this brand new year 2020. We're all the way back now 90 years back in 1930. April 1st. Why do we care about April 1st, Tammy? My birthday. That it is. <laughs> On April 1st, Brunswick, Balky, and Colander sells Brunswick records to Warner Brothers, who are hopeful that the move will enable them to make a bigger profit from their musicians by enabling them to profit from the sale of records. So the reason that got purchased, and by the way, Brunswick, Balky, and Colander, any mm-hmm. idea what that company made to begin with? Hmm? Say it again. Hmm? Brunswick, Balky, Colander. Uh, I don't know, toys? No, 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 no. They made uh, uh, jukeboxes. Oh, Yes, they okay. did. The whole concept was for Warner Brothers to, instead of paying their people more, mm-hmm. create a brand new stream of music. i.e. the selling of recorded music because again it's hard to believe that there was a time you couldn't buy a piece of music that was already recorded to hear it again so instead of paying them more what they did was create a new revenue stream and they could take a piece of that october 29th 1930 bing crosby makes his first recording with the gus arnheim orchestra i have no idea who the Gus Arnheim Orchestra is. Also in 1930, the BBC Symphony Orchestra is formed. And do you know how to play the piano? Yeah, there's that one where you sort of roll your finger and all that. It's the first song called Heart and Soul that anybody ever learns. And in 1930... It was written, and so the world was able to play the piano. Here's Ogie Carmichael's version of Heart and Soul on Rock School. Heart and soul, I fell in love with you. Heart and soul, the way a fool would do madly because you held me tight and stole a kiss in a night. Heart and soul, I beg to be adored, lost control and tumbled overboard madly. That magic night we kissed There in the moonlight Ah, but your lips were thrilling Much too thrilling Never before were mine So strangely But now I see what one embrace can do. Look at me, it's got me loving you madly. That little kiss you stole held all my heart and soul. 
thrilling, much too thrilling. Never before were mine so strangely willing, but now I see. What one embrace can do Look at me It's got me loving you Madly That little kiss you stole Held all my heart and Show. Okay, let's go back to 1940. So what are we back now? 80 years mm-hmm. from 2020, 1940? April 26, Moody Guthrie records most of his Dust Bowl ballads at the RCA Victor Studios in Camden, New Jersey. On July 20th, 1940, Billboard magazine publishes its first music popularity chart. To this second, Billboard is the commanding voice of what's number one, what's popular. What was the name of the first chart? Music popularity chart. It was <laughs> Billboard. They had to measure it in some way, and I'm sure they grabbed a lot of data from jukeboxes, from sales and such. But before that, there really was no serious way outside of sheet music you're right to denote what was popular cool because again you 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 didn't have recordings so if you wanted to play it you had to buy the sheet music for it uh on november 13th in 1940 the premiere of the walt disney animated film fantasia Mm -hmm. in the united states conducted by leopold strakowski if you remember there was that um i guess it's called what's opera doc where Bugs Bunny dresses up and the whole world's going, Leopold, Leopold, yeah, Leopold. Yeah. That's Leopold Stokowski. There was also this thing that came out of um, the premiere of Fantasia called Fanta Sound. Mm-hmm. What they did is they took four speakers, surrounded the audience, and they had a different portion of the music coming out of each speaker. Right. So you were inside of what they called the quad diamond so you lost when you have two speakers the two speakers are over there Uh you know the band is over there but if you have four speakers i lecture on this by the way if you have four speakers and they're coming out of four different corners you lose what's commonly known as the directivity of music and in that quad diamond Mm -hmm. no longer is music coming at you you're sitting in the middle of something surrounding you so it's surround sound and at that exactly well it's it's based of what surround sound would be Mm -hmm. and it it was so brand new at the time it shook people how about that let's go into 1950 we'll play one right out the gate in 1950 january 3rd 
Sam Phillips launches Sun Records at 706 Union Avenue in Memphis, Tennessee. However, it wasn't called Sun Records right out of the gate. It was called the Memphis Recording Studio. It was where Howlin' Wolf, B.B. King, and a bunch of other people decided to go and record. It would not be for a few more years until a truck driver mm-hmm. would come in and Elvis the Pelvis would be born. Woo. But previous to that, it did a tremendous amount of the Memphis blues, one of them being B.B. King. And B.B. King's, anytime you say first, you have to wink because there's no real way to prove it was the first. Okay. Mistreated Woman Blues Mm -hmm. is supposedly the first song that B.B. King recorded at the Memphis Recording Studio, which would become Sun Records. Is it? You know what? Let's say yes. Why not? Sounds like this on Rock School. into the first break we just had a little bit there with bb king in 1950 january 3rd sun studios opens up as the memphis recording studio let's stay in 1950 we're a few years back as we look at this year 2020 years and years back january 4th rca introduces the 33 and a third long playing record i still remember that gargantuan credenza-looking thing that had a radio in it. Yes. And the speakers were still those humongous magnets, so the thing weighed as much as your fat Uncle Bob. absolutely. January 6th, Fats Domino releases The Fat Man on Imperial. It was recorded here in New Orleans at Cosimo Matassa's studio. Is it the first rock and roll record? A lot of people say no for two reasons. Number one, it was piano-based. Okay. And rock and roll was a guitar-based music, and I get that's a dumb, dumb reason, but people say that. Furthermore, the They Call Me the Fat Man is based, as a matter of fact, it's a remake, almost note for note, mm-hmm. of a song called Junker's Blues. I'm a junker, I'm a junker blues. If it's a remake, how is it number one? It isn't. See what I get at? Yeah. Uh, June 3rd, 1950, Leonard and Philip Chess open up Chess Records in Chicago. September 30th, the Grand Old Opry is televised for the first time. That's rough in 1950 because I lecture about television in my classes. Right. Although television existed, mm-hmm. it was one of those things, if right now the idea of virtual reality television existed, uh-huh. it would take at least two or three years for it to become so mainstream in people's homes that everyone would begin broadcasting in it. 
So, yes, there was a television show in 1950. Right. But the chances of anybody but the richest, richest people seeing it. Oh, yeah, it, they didn't have it. Next to zero. You know why? Why is that? Because you could still get it on the radio. That's right. You could get it through. No um, one t- tried to destroy another media to uh, to make everybody, force everybody to buy a TV. Well, when you're talking about television, um, when they went from black and white to color. Yeah. RCA only got the contract from the FCC because their method of creating color television did not destroy mm-hmm. the black and white that came before it. Yeah. That's the reason they won the contract. Too many homes. On October 10th, a guy named Jack Holzman, this is still 1950, he founds Electra Records. Here's a few items from 1950 that really don't have a date, but they happened during that year. Mitch Miller signs to uh, Columbia Records as an A&R man. An A&R man is artist and repertoire, and what that means is they go out and try to find new people to record. Okay. Mitch Miller, ring a bell. Mm-hmm. Ring a oh, bell? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Sing along with Mitch. That's Oh, yeah. yeah. That's the, where he started. Was that the bouncing ball also? Exactly that. You, uh-huh. you saw the lyrics and boing, 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 and the yep. ball went around. Patty Page becomes the first and only artist to have a number one record on the pop, R&B, and country charts concurrently. Can you name the Patty Page song? Oh, I'm going to... I'll bet you I'm can. I'm going to shoot myself I'll when bet this you happens. Can. Help me, help mm-hmm. me. Tennessee Waltz, ladies and gentlemen. I wasn't going to say that. And <laughs> also in 1950, no specific date, Sam Cooke replaces R.H. Harris as the lead singer of the Soul Stirrers. As a matter of fact, one of my favorite Sam Cooke songs yes. is If I Could Touch the Hem of His Garment. I know, huh? Yep, and that was from the Soul Stirrers. Who is listening to us on this here Rock School Radio Show. KSRQ, Thief River Falls, Minnesota. How about I do the rest of the show in this really quacky disc jockey voice? How about you don't? Okay, good enough. Back in a minute here on Rock School. Coming out of the break, we are now in 1960. We went through 1950 pretty quick, all the way back to 1920, which is was 100 years back from 2020, right. and then 10 years up. We're in 1960. As a matter of fact, 1960, and probably a good chunk of 1970 is going to wrap up the show because that's really where rock music oh, took off. It's a lot of great stuff. And you say to yourself, well, the 50s were big too. The thing is, the 50s didn't come to life until Elvis, and that was mid-50s. 
1950s. Mm -hmm. So I was only talking about the year 1950. This is the year 1960. In January of 1960, Stuart Sutcliffe joins the Liverpool band Johnny and the Moondogs. Any idea who Johnny and the Moondogs are going to no, become? No, no, no. The Beatles, ladies and gentlemen. Take it back. I take it back. The Beatles. And by the way, do you know how to spell Beatles? No, I mean the, the, the Beatles, as in George, Paul, John, Ringo. How do they spell the Beatles? B-E-A-T. Because it's Liverpool beat. Beatles. The how, animal is the, Which is B-E-E. Right. The original spelling of it, if you want to sound really smart out there, B-E-A-T-A-L-S. Beatles. You remember the movie The Wonders? Mm-hmm. Where they, they instead of doing W-O-N-D-E-R-S, yes. they spelled it O-N-E-D-E-R-S, so it looked like Oneenders. Yep, I do. Yeah. Well, that's, I'm sure, what they ran into. It's Beatles, but it's a beat music. January 1st, 1960, Johnny Cash plays his first concert in San Quentin. That's, Ooh, not a good place. N- no, but that's where A Boy Named Sue comes out of, mm-hmm. the San Quentin concerts. Here's the also wonderful thing about the San Quentin concerts. There was a guy named Merle Haggard. Yes, I love Merle. Right, in San Quentin. Mm -hmm. And that concert by Johnny Cash made Merle Haggard say, look, I can do that. That's right. When I get out of here, I'm going to play guitar and I'm going to make some money. And he did. January 25th, the National Association of Broadcasters, the NAB, in the United States reacts to the payola scandal by threatening fines of any disc jockeys accepting money for playing particular records. What a stupid thing to do. If you're going to go after somebody, go after the company that's paying the fines rather than the people that are accepting the fines, but that didn't make those in ASCAP happy. No. Don't get me started. Go back and look at our payola show. February 1st, Loretta Lynn signs her very first record deal with Zero Records. That's guts to name it Zero (laughs) Records. And the one we're going to play, February 6th, songwriter Jesse Belvin dies in an automobile accident in Los Angeles. He's the co-author of Earth Angel, Earth Angel... Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Why do we care about Jesse Belvin? Tell me. Well, because he was part of the Penguins and he wrote Earth Angel. Yes, yes, yes. However, he was 27. Oh, did he start the club? No, Robert Johnson started the club. But when you start to look at this this idea of who is in the 27 club, mm-hmm. I get it. Robert Johnson started. Okay, but who's next? Jesse Belvin. I never knew. He's number two. Who's 27. Here you go, Penguins on Rock School.
Okay, at this point in time, we usually do the bottom of the hour where we introduce ourselves. Let's do that. I'm Joe Burns. You I are. I am Tammy Burns. But these are the anniversary shows. I'm already listing all these things that happened on these dates. Uh, so why do seven days and 70 seconds? So we'll walk away from that and we'll continue on. We are in 1960. So when somebody looks at the, these things that are happening in history and says, did you know in 1960 this happened? You can look at them and go, of course I do. I listen to the Rock School Radio <laughs> Show. And I want you to say it just like that. Almost like Clint Eastwood. Moving along, March 5th. Elvis Presley returns home from serving in the U.S. Army. He was in Germany. March 25th, Ray Charles records Georgia on my mind. April 2nd, Lonnie Donegan's Old Man's Adustman is the first single to enter the British charts at number one. If you don't know who Lonnie Donegan is, make a point of going and taking a look because you think there was no music before the Beatles. Right. Oh, yeah, there was. The thing was, it was that skiffle type stuff. Mm -hmm. And the skiffle musician who was easily, I mean, out in front, the most successful was this fella named Lonnie Donegan. Look him up. I don't know that it's a music you'll love, but the fact still remains, he was the guy. And it pretty much ended when the Beatles came out. Oh, yeah, the whole thing came to yep. an end. April 4th, RCA Victor announces it will release all pop singles in mono and stereo simultaneously. What was the first one to do it? Elvis Presley's Stuck on You. There you have it. April 17th, and this is the one we're going to play. Eddie Cochran, Gene Vincent and Cochran's girlfriend, Sharon Sheely, are injured in a car accident near Chippenham in England. Cochran dies later in a hospital in Bath, Somerset, from severe brain injuries. Mm. It's Eddie Cochran here on Rock School. Ooh, well, I gotta get over the record machine When it comes to rockin', she's a queen We love to dance on a Saturday night Alone where I can hold her tight But she lives on the 20th floor of town The elevator's broken down So I walk one, five, three, five, four Five, six, seven, flight, eight, flight more Up on the 12th, I'm starting to drag her ever before she late Oh, my baby, too much to wait All this climbing is getting me down To find my corpse draped over a rail But I climb one, two, five, three, five, four Five, six, seven, flight, eight, flight more up on the 12th, I'm ready to drag Well, the 15th floor, I'm starting to sag Get to the top, I'm too tired to rock This is the Cocktail Show This is the Anniversary Show It's the first of the new year We take the first two shows of every year And we make a point of telling you what happened back 10 years 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 So you can sound super smart May, or by the way, in 1960 So we're a few years back May 20th through the 28th The Beatles, they were the Silver Beatles at the time Play their first ever gig as a backing group for Johnny Gentle on a tour of Scotland <laughs> look man you, you, you know a gig pays so you do it Johnny Gentle wants you to play you got it I am there April 19th, Alan Freed arrives at the Payola hearings. I say arrives because he was, at the time, the top hip radio DJ. Does he testify? No, not yet. We have to do this. On April 21, the Payola hearings welcome Dick Clark. 
the person who was in charge of the payola hearings, his mm-hmm. name is Orrin Harris. Orrin Harris, I think he was a Democrat from Arkansas. Orrin Harris hated rock and roll music, but for some reason liked Dick Clark. And when did that same thing that, that um, oh, what's his name? Ed Sullivan did for Elvis. Right. This is a fine young man yeah. and, and all Squeaky of that. Squeaky clean. Exactly that. So little fine slap on the wrist. You got to relinquish your ability to make money in VJ records. Yeah. But still, you're a good man. And then Alan Freed comes up a little bit later and just gets destroyed. Mm. May 20th, Paul McCartney uses Phil Ramone for the first time. Any idea what that means? No. Phil Ramone was sort of a, a name that he used when he checked into hotels. Really? Because he couldn't check in as Paul McCartney. Right. Okay, so what? The Ramones, uh-huh. as in Blitzkrieg Bop, yeah. named themselves the Ramones because Paul McCartney called himself Phil Ramone. Wow. Did you know that? No. Isn't that fun? Uh, June 30th in 1960, the 7th Newport Jazz Festival occurs. August 6th, uh, Chubby Checker releases a cover of Hank Ballard's song. Any idea what it is? Mm, No. The Twist. It was so popular that with every 45, a little sheet came with it that exclaimed or explained how to do the dance. dance? And what it was was pretend you have a towel behind you drying your back while you're putting out a cigarette with your right foot. Get out. That's how they said to do it. Isn't that wonderful? Uh, August 27th, the last radio broadcast of Louisiana Hay Ride. That's what happens. October 27th, Benny King records four songs in three hours. Two of them are Spanish Harlem and one of them is Stand By Me. Now, you know that once a year, once every semester, I mm-hmm. pay to take my class to a major recording studio here in the New Orleans area. Yeah. My buddy Rusty and I write the songs. We'll get through two at the absolute outmost right. three songs. Right. This fellow recorded four songs in three hours, and they are at least two of them. Two of them are hits. Not just hits, but they are songs. Stand by me is gonna get played until the earth cracks open and falls away. Yep. It may be the last song playing. Oh, that breaks my heart. Here's a couple other things that happened in 1960. The last 78 RPM records are released in the U.S. and the U.K. Nobody wants them anymore. 14-year-old Neil Young found something called The Jades and starts recording music. And the one we're going to play. Do you remember the Porter Wagner Show. Yes, I do. It was, it, it, again, this is one of those things that if you weren't around, it's impossible to explain to you how darn popular mm-hmm. the Porter Wagner yeah, show was. Yeah, he had Dolly Parton on there. That's what I was going to ask Little you about. Dolly. About three seasons in, what was the name of the girl that he got on? It was Dolly Parton. Oh, yeah. We had all kinds of backstories to them. They it were was, having an affair. They weren't. Uh, you know. They were not. Absolutely. No, they weren't. Just like the Lawrence Welk show, everybody on there, we had them having an affair (laughs) what else are you gonna do in alabama right dolly parton had to leave the show and uh, you know why well there's question because she was having an affair with porter wagner yeah but the idea of why she's left I, i really don't know but she had to in some way say thank you to porter wagner so she wrote him a song. Mm-hmm. Do you know what the song is? If 
Go ahead, sing it. Oh, uh, I can't sing it. It's if if you know. Um, uh, I will way, always I love. I will you. always love you. Yeah. Right. Which of course Whitney Houston re-records and makes her a, a ridiculous amount of money. Uh, yes. But it's because of this Porter Wagner show in 1960 that the song is even recorded. Mm-hmm. So here you go. Here's Dolly and I will always love you here on Rock School. Okay, coming into the second break, I want to get back to playing songs, and uh, you can see on this piece of paper, I list uh, everything that happened in 1970. We're jumping from 1960 to 1970 here on this, the anniversary show. I have one piece of information, and then we're going to play a song, so I'm going to give you this piece. Tammy's going to tell you who listens to us. We'll come back. We'll play the song. January 3rd, ex-Pink Floyd frontman Sid Barrett releases his first solo album called The Madcap Laughs. If you know anything about Sid Barrett, he was dealing with some strong mental illness. They it's not that they kicked the Pink Floyd. It's not that they kicked him out. They just sort of stopped picking him up for gigs. I know that sounds terrible, but they just shawned him, that's all. If it's your friend, you have a hard time looking at that person and saying, "You're done." Uh-huh. Because that's, that's rough. So it was one of those where they just kind of walked away from it. I love it. When he was, you know, put out to be a solo artist, mm-hmm. he puts out this thing called the Madcap Laughs. And if you're a Pink Floyd fan, you should make a point. And I say this, look, there's streaming everywhere. You can find this album everywhere and it will cost you zip. Go listen to the Madcap Laughs. You can really hear Sid Barrett's mental illness Raging. Goodness. I don't know how else to say it. I don't want to hear it. No, there you go. Who's listening to us? Radio Universidad in Salamanca, Spain. Great. Back in a minute here on Rock School.
Okay, coming out of the break, this is going to be the last one for this show. We'll be back next week, and we'll continue with the anniversary show. You were asking me off uh, off air during mm-hmm. the break about Sid Barrett. Right. Sid Barrett, after the Madcap Laughs, I believe he put out one more solo album, which again does nothing, but if you're a fan of Pink Floyd, you may know the Madcap Laughs. Later on in Pink Floyd's history, when they're recording the albums, right. I mean Dark Side of the Moon, Wish You Were Here, that kind of stuff. I mean, we're not talking Omagoma, but the major, major albums. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, somebody would ferry Sid, not Sid Vicious, Sid Barrett in and set him down. This mental illness took over not only his mind, but his physical body. Yeah. And diabetes had an effect on him. And there's stories about people looking in the corner and going, who's that guy? Why is he here? And they'd say, well, that's Sid. Are you kidding me? This is my bandmate for goodness knows how many years. Wow. You know, it was Sid, it was Sid Barrett who named Pink Floyd. Really? Yeah, really. I think they were the T-sets. And it was Sid who figured out how to oh, do it. Oh, thank goodness he did, huh? Here we are in 1970. Let me give you a few. Uh, January 4th is what I'm going to come back and play, but we'll move forward. January 7th, Max Yasger. Does the name ring a bell? Yeah. Huh? 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 Max Yasger was the owner of the dairy farm where 1969's Woodstock occurred. The problem was he was sued for $35,000 in property damage from neighboring farmers. It's hard to get across. Now, don't get me wrong, not Sid, um, Max Yasger profited from Woodstock. He made Mm $17,000. Here's the concern. There was this pitch against him. Don't buy Yasger milk. He likes hippies. The, uh, the, the, the damage to his field made it so he had to sell off heads of cattle. And these people are suing him for 35. Max Yasger really was the loser of Woodstock oh, yeah. when he should have been the overriding winner. Do you think he would have done it again? No. I wouldn't have. Yeah. I wouldn't have. Uh, January 9th, Led Zeppelin performs at the Royal Albert Hall. John Bonham plays that 15-minute rendition of Moby Dick that everybody who's ever played drums looks at and went, that is the greatest thing that's ever been done in the history of God. Uh, January 14th, Diana Ross and the Supremes perform for the last time at the Frontier Hotel in Las Vegas. And January 26th, Simon and Garfunkel release their final album together, Bridge Over Troubled Water. And by the way, it wasn't until Bridge Over Troubled Water that Art Garfunkel gave up his job as a math teacher. He just wasn't making enough money. He just wasn't sure if this gig was going to work out, right? Not sure if this Simon and Garfunkel thing is going to work out or not. But yeah, he to this day, he teaches. To this day, he'll teach. I wonder if he would tutor our daughter. Gosh, I hope so, because she needs some help in math. Here's the one we're going to play, January 4th. And by the way, uh, I'm doing just January. When we get back next week, we'll start 1970, February. But January 4th, 1970, the Who drummer Keith Moon runs over his chauffeur with his Bentley trying to escape a mob outside of a pub. He kills him. The guy dies. Wow. The death is ruled an accident. Got to remember, this is the guy that will later drive a car into a pool. Yeah. This is a guy who will throw televisions outside of the window. Yeah. And this is a guy that will drink so much vodka 
that he will depress himself to the point where he he stops breathing and chokes on whatever the heck. Mm. But this is this is really one of the first ones. Not so good. We'll finish with the Who. Okay, next week we come back. We begin January. Uh, pardon me. We begin February of 1970, and we'll run up to 10 years ago, which would be 2010. So happy New Year! I'm Joe Burns. I'm Tammy Burns. And we'll be back next time around. Who gets us out of it? And that wraps it up. Class is dismissed. Messiah's pointed to the door